I'm old now. Hello, everybody. Remember the podcast? Sometimes there's a podcast. Welcome to Dialogue Choices Podcast. Unless this is a bonus episode that I call something else. Audacity crashed right when I pressed record. So Hot. <laughs> we're guess we're I've never been guess so turned we're on. We're going to do that over again. <laughs> <laughs> no, just, turn, just launch it again. Okay. Uh, for for syncing real, with Keith's audio, three, real, two, one, record. Okay, I'm recording now. <laughs> real time audacity. The audacity of this bitch to crash. Can't Boom. believe that ha it happens every single time. I I press record on OBS or on Audacity, and it's just the first time of the day when I press record, it just doesn't work. <laughs> Every other time, it's fine, but the first time I press record, it breaks. Welcome to our semi-frequent podcast. It was weekly once, and then it wasn't. Uh, it's almost scheduled. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was weekly until we started doing uh, Monster Prom and then uh, Resident Evil with that time slot. Uh <laughs> It's actually wild looking back through the history of these episodes and realizing that like episode 69 was PAX West and this is episode mm -hmm. 75. Nice. Like <laughs> I guess that like, was a while ago, huh? Yeah, no, we, we did a we did PAX West, uh <clears throat> an episode about Resident Evil, uh, some other episode, then the uh Nintendo Direct, and then we did the uh the the Cloud Cuckoo Country episode, and then uh, the Invisible, the Illusory Wall episode. So <laughs> I feel like I've been I've been in more podcasts than I realize. <laughs> yeah, no, because we haven't had other ones. Uh, the two guest podcasts over a month ago are the last ones we did. Whoops. Anyway, it's, oh, it's, man. It, we're here. It's my birthday, and we just got back from Las Vegas FurCon, so I guess we'll talk about that, and maybe Andrew will join us. I can't tell. Uh, Scrolling through here, I just realized we never talked about MFF either. I thought we talked about it for a little bit. We talked about it during maybe, the uh, maybe, PAX maybe, one. Yeah, maybe it was during another yeah. one. Uh, PAX would have been before MFF. By like a month. Was it, bef but yeah. was it before MFF? Definitely, because MFF is the beginning of December. I guess you're right. In my head, I remember MFF writing the was, phrase, yeah. Neferu is a messy bitch in Bird's living room. <laughs> so okay. I was definitely in Seattle when I was writing the script still whereas whereas I launched the last essay on the way to MFF uh, but we might have discussed it in one of the other episodes correct. somewhere because there's there's some other ones in there who the fuck knows do any do any of you guys remember who yeah no one has ever listened to any of our podcasts I don't remember what's <laughs> in these episodes by the time we finish them which is, if you ever wonder why the thumbnail and title is only tangentially related to the overall content of an episode it's because I don't remember what the three hours yeah. were by the end this podcast is is the equivalent of screaming for help into the void yeah and it just happens occasionally <laughs> but self-indulgently so, I am just I have a I have a slideshow of like commissions and fan art of marrow and it's the one year anniversary today when we're recording this of the debut of that character and my coming out and the let Goshi video all in one go so it's a clip show it's, i'm just i'm letting the my obs slideshow run as the visuals for this podcast on on youtube and if you're on soundcloud i just wasted the last 30 seconds of your time get ready for more of that nice <laughs> that's just the norm. nice to the five it. people listening on SoundCloud, there's, you've there's, made your bed now. Sleep of, in it. There's some of them. 
<laughs> the, these podcasts get like i don't know like one to two thousand views on youtube and like 200 on soundcloud it's like not not there that's, that's a, actually that's, these, that's these are like bad. actually these are like 300 each looks like okay it varies a bit that's i don't bad. know why it varies so much honestly there's no, such there, a large platform for us like, to espouse like, controversial beliefs on there's no more passive of a platform for me than fucking a podcast platform so i don't like right i don't choose which episodes to listen to i just like oh what's out now here we go so i don't know why these are varying up and down so much where the, this one has 150 that one has 400 what happened do people selectively download podcast tell me your soundcloud habits right now leave them in the comment section on soundcloud <laughs> fuck like and subscribe Wait, this isn't uh, helpful at all. <laughs> So uh, let's talk about let's recap MFF really quickly. We went to it MFF, which people. is the largest. Yeah, we went to the largest furry convention in the world in December, and it was yeah. a lot of fun. It was very big. There was a very large dealer's den. I got conned into buying a book yes. that the author told me did not have a Kindle variant. And then the moment I got home, I looked on Amazon, and it had a Kindle variant but for one fifth the but price. But most notably, in the first time I ever went into the the uh, the dealer's den, which. It's like an entire fucking like Sam's Club full of just indie artists selling booths and fucking uh, Stephanie keeps making fun of me or freezing Sam's Club as a reference point. <laughs> uh, we were like the f mission one was find Toaster a raccoon tail, which is hard because Toaster's persona is is the wrong color for most by, mo for, by most people's raccoon. standards for raccoons. The raccoon. I'm not even I'm not... like a I'm not like a sparkle dog raccoon. No, either. I'm not brown. like green. I'm just brown, which is the and wrong and color. Makes, apparently, no one makes brown raccoons. They only make gray raccoons. Uh, so and I, I I while we were looking for tails in this big crowd. Just for a moment, I looked at some books like, oh, there's this the people, this is the there's Braybird and all these other artists and stuff looking on the shelf. Come back and Toaster has a, a fursuit. <laughs> yeah, I bought escalated a really quickly. <laughs> I, I walked up to the Lemon Brat booth and I saw all of their fursuits and there was this really cool Ram fursuit that I wanted. And I reached down to grab it just to look at it and someone snagged it like... I was literally reaching down for it and someone grabbed it and immediately purchased it. And I was like, God damn it. If this is the pace that this con is going to go at and I can't even look at these things, I have to make a snap decision. So I bought a fursuit um, and it's a partial. It's not it's not like a full suit, but uh, I like it a lot. Uh, and I've worn it many times since. And it was very expensive, but it was very worth it. So uh yeah that's just that's just what mff is like that's like that's what it is if you want to buy a pre-made fursuit um you you just gotta go for it and you know it's not a raccoon it's not it's not my fursona but it is a fun suit with a it character is a shield against being observed your favorite thing yes exactly my absolute favorite thing and uh it's just cool it's nice to be able to blend in with the crowd at a furry convention and meet people and be in uh what is effectively furry armor for uh you know a weekend and it did cost the entirety of my quarterly bonus when i bought it but hey <laughs> that's fine <laughs> um but it was good it was a um it was a worthwhile purchase and and i enjoyed it quite a bit I have never but that was just that's what i that heard in my life yeah i don't i mean i still think back to it and i'm like this is this is an expensive thing, but I could, I guess I could resell it and recoup like two thirds of the price. So it's fine. Um, 
Yeah. So it's fine. It's whatever. It's only is I'm Lennon only Brett, down a thousand dollars. That one very recognizable person I I kept spotting all throughout LSVC. LVFC. Uh, <laughs> I missed. It, ex- I missed the entirety of what you just said. Isn't Lemon Brett that really recognizable person that I was spotting throughout the Las Vegas oh. Furcon all the time? Lemon, yeah, Lemon Brat, uh, the lady has like a lot of facial piercing. She was walking around with a dino to yeah. most of the convention. I kept calling yeah. her a different thing every time when I pointed her out to Stephanie because that was all I remembered was the lemon part. So, like, look, it's Lemon Drop. I'd never heard of this person until uh, this first suits entered our lives. And then I kept being told how high clout and important and and totally recognizable this person is and then people kept like you and it's true because you do walk down a hall and people are like oh lemon brat at your suit yeah like you at, and, at lvfc you and we were walking around and people would literally and just le- be like hey lemon brat what's up and i'd be yeah. like oh hi <laughs> like it's not me but like, hello lemon brat hello another suit. lemon brat <laughs> yeah it's interesting because like i mean i knew about them before i got the suit but i like I didn't buy the suit from them because I was like looking for the clout of having one of their suits or whatever. I mean, as far the way that I think about it, like I really like my suit and it's really nice and I like their style, but also like it's a pre-made. Like I'm I am more attracted to custom made, like individualized fursuits yeah. personally. And I'm still going to get a toaster full suit sometime. But uh like the the allure to me was not like oh I'm gonna I'm gonna join the guild of lemon brat suit owners uh, <laughs> because that would be weird to me it's just like anyone could if they had the money you know like you could you've just joined, buy a suit you've it joined the weird the little it cult yeah it is, so it is it's it interesting there's actually a little strange phenomenon where people take individual fursuit makers and their recognizability and treat them like they're some kind of like line that you've joined as yep. like a community. Which goes yeah. both ways. Like it's like for some reason it's weirdly a cloud thing, and on the other side it's like weirdly. Oh, you endorse that person, and you're like, what? What, yeah. what, what did they do? What, what are we talking about? Now, I want to be clear. I don't think Lemon Brad's ever done anything controversial. They're a very kind person, and I've spoken to them many times at cons. They always recognize me, even when I'm out of suit. So it's like I'm always like, oh hi, like it's really nice to see you. I hope you're doing well. But uh, yeah, I don't like I don't follow them on Twitter. I don't know anything about them. <laughs> anything yeah. like that. You have no idea how many people that lives they've claimed. <laughs> yeah, no clue. Uh, I did go to a Lemon Brat photo shoot once and there was like f- probably 40 suits there about. But they were also all <laughs> local Californians. So I don't know if Lemon Brat is like just on the West Coast or something. I don't know. Uh, that is quite know. a volume of suits to put out. God yeah. Damn. Yeah. I guess you really but, get, like you get a you get into your groove eventually. The, yeah, uh, exactly. I'm I'm largely forgetting a lot of uh, MFF, but I, I definitely uh, I got stopped and recognized like six or seven times, which was a strange experience. Just yeah, <laughs> it was just suddenly somebody uh, calling out to you that you don't know, and at least one person suppose that I brew insists that. At some point, I was like walking. I don't know if it was in the hallway or somewhere else, but someone yelled like "Lego she guy," and I didn't hear them or react in any way. Oh, and I, so I yeah. don't know when this happened or who that was. I don't. I know was, if in, I was I was in suit, so I couldn't hear them. But. And I don't know if they were reacting to me wearing a Lego she shirt or if it, like if it was that day or if they recognized me specifically. But that's sorry, that guy. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. As as, as, as a general the... rule, if you see us at conventions, you can just approach us. We're, I'm more afraid of you than you are of me. 
Yep. Except that guy at Las Vegas Furcon, he was definitely more afraid of me than I was of him. <laughs> 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 he was very nervous, which is fun. Well, one of the things I wanted to say about MFF is that like MFF is so big that it is it's like big and fast paced and there's always things happening. So it is very easy to like randomly come up to some person and be like, hi, I'm interacting with you for literally two seconds and then I will never see you again at the con. (laughs) Yeah, that's a very possible thing to happen. But it's also so small so that if anyone's even kind of recognizable, you might see them 12 times. Yes, there are individual people that we waited next to to get our badge like that person in this in the stitch mm-hmm. onesie and i recognize that yep. person for the rest of the convention despite never interacting with them or knowing who they are and especially like yeah. after the dance competition i was extremely aware of every competitor wandering around the the uh yeah. the the convention and even outside like yeah. i had my trek where i was like i'm gonna go in the zero degree weather on foot and just walk back to the hotel instead of going through the the, the convoluted hallways I was walking alongside and complimenting what the like the dragon dancer, the chubby dragon from the competition, because they were just everywhere yeah. all the time. <laughs> yeah. There's also, I think, the fact that like we talk about uh, MFF as being like the largest furry convention, right? But the amount of people in suit is actually like a lot. Like the proportion of suitors to non-suitors is actually pretty stacked in the favor of the non-suitors like not everyone has a fursuit the, like furry conventions yeah. are not no, mo- most people not seize of fursuits but, but less of but the fursuits are less of the minority than expected They're, they can they yes. can they, they take space and are everywhere yes and, the, and they so, also but tend you end to up i guess what i'm saying is like your eyes the, get attracted to the big colorful rugs them. that people are wearing <laughs> yeah there's also like sort of like they demand they sort of demand space and people are like kind of taking photos and posing with them and everyone else is kind of like shuffling along the walls. Yep. Something that stands out to me is that MFF, uh, aside from the like as the only place that feels designed for you to walk around in in the entire convention is the dealer's den. There were yes. some points where I went to the dealer's den just to not be frustrated existing as a human being <laughs> because yep. all of the actual uh, like. There's the uh, there there there's the there's the hallways that can, the sky bridges that connect everything which are just 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 you just walking in a line and that's fine, but all of the lobbies of all the hotels that this place takes place in are so strangely shaped and have like jagged like corners in their floor space that you have to like go around like weird handrails to get to the like the escalators and the elevators or like they have art pieces and wall dividers and things that just t- that just break up the space so strangely especially in the most popular building uh the hyatt i think that that's mm-hmm. like that multi-floor one with the that looks like it's like shaped like the luxor a little bit where it's got like the all the the wall yep. ledge hotel rooms around the rim of the building going up forever uh yeah that's the hyatt everything about that building is not well made for what it's doing (laughs) like yeah like the upstairs area is with the bars and restaurants is a horrible shape for getting around and the moment you add fursuiters taking photos in the middle of the open spaces it gets much worse to get around but then the moment you you go downstairs 
most of the ground of the ground floor is this convoluted series of ropes that they've set up just to try to create queues going in and out of the one elevator for the entire area because that one elevator goes up and down between all the different floors and connects to a series of walkways that lets people walk to their hotel rooms on all the different floors and you can just see that hotel going all you can see those elevators going all day uh with their like they have glass walls and you can just see like compressed fur suitors just squished into the glass like going up yeah. and down the tube it's it's incredibly tight i <laughs> I, I kept I, I kept going into that alcove that's between the real floor space and the elevators there's like a little like dead end behind like these like yep. almost like planters or whatever i kept just going into those little dead ends and standing there with my phone and just kind of looking around because it's the only place where I wasn't in someone's way. <laughs> and, I would, yeah. and so like whenever there was downtime, I would just kind of hang out there and see if I recognized anyone or if anyone recognized me. And so there, there was a, there's two cool experiences about just the overall thing. Like one was just when we landed and got in the hotel room and we're watching hereditary normal furry convention experience. Like I looked out the window <laughs> and there was just, even though the, the convention wasn't even starting yet, there was just, dozens of fursuits out in the streets of not chicago just all the time and yep there is like this like weight off your chest that happens a little bit when you're like oh i'm just in an overwhelmingly queer space and it's not just inside the convention but the entire surrounding several blocks are just like this and i got a repeat of that uh at las vegas furcon where every time we went to any kind of uh every time we went into any of those like restaurants and so on we were surrounded by people like there would just be people in fursuits casually like at the german beer place and stuff there was just like dancing fursuits and when i went to omega mart after the whole convention was basically over i spotted like several recognizable people and, and including lemon brat just kind of mixed into the group and i'm like which just implies there's a lot of people i don't recognize that are also furries that are at omega mart yeah. at the same time and i'm like this place is just cooler than normal this is just a nice experience but the other the other kind of neat experience was just like being in this in this fandom quietly for like 15 years and just ha building up this endless list of artists and names I recognize and so on. One of the most entertaining things about MFF was the hellish sky bridge that everybody hates that which it's infamous for being this like basically like mile long stretch of sky bridges that goes between like four hotels. And so if you're on one of the hotels in particular you have to go through all of them to get to like the registration building for example uh yeah or no the hyatt i mean is the last one and it's hot in there and it's just a long walk and you're just going at this pace of everybody else but the upside of it is that at furry conventions everyone wears these custom badges that are art of their character and drawn by someone and that on one hand like there's already just the fact that like that's a really cool like little cottage industry of like the the overall like like artists are supported by the fact that they can just rely on this market of like every time furry conventions come around it's time to make a whole new batch of badges not just for all the new people that have never had a badge but also like people will just collect new badges for every fur con and like and we'll just do that for fun so that's like a nice income thing for those people but it also means that i can yeah. just look at all these like randos and like you're walking in the sky bridge it's single file both ways so you're just walking behind whoever you're stuck behind and you just have an endless series of faces like every single walk you pass like two or three hundred people again and so you get to just spot people 
<laughs> like I spotted yep. like 50 artists and like visual novel developers and so on that I re that I recognize just casually and it, like you get this sense of like oh shit all these people are in this one place all at once and it makes this like this abstract online community feel like very like viscerally real and existent like right here in a cool way like <laughs> and that's just like a neat, that's a neat experience yeah yeah it's a, it's definitely a good time and you know in my in my experience like i people don't know this about me at least in in my modern incarnation but like i used to compete in cosplay contests for like a decade and a half before i like even went off to college like i've, I've been doing costuming since i was literally a child uh, at anime conventions and stuff and it's like it very much does feel like going into another world where like all of your friends are waiting for you <laughs> in like a weird way <laughs> where it's like all right like it, it i don't know people who go to conventions a lot and who care about this thing and it doesn't matter what kind of convention it is it could be fucking tattoo conventions or, or reptile conventions or whatever like it definitely makes the rest of your time in the real world feel like just time between conventions if that oh, makes it's, sense it's, like, it's it very easy to see how there's this entire like subset of, of furries that specifically like basically takes every going to almost every convention almost for granted because yep. of the fact that like yes. it's where they're going to meet up with all these people all the time. Like at MFF yep. we got invited up to Sig Yin's. We got invited up to a hotel a room party to smash uh in that like <laughs> Sig Yin and and Snacks and some other people were up there and they had an eight player Smash Brothers setup and a lot of alcohol <laughs> and and it had the yep. customary like here's the stack of fursuit heads on that one counter and so on. <clears throat> and we just mm -hmm. hung out and talked about like people, people asked me about my video essay stuff it's like oh yeah my boyfriend really loves your annihilation video explain it to me so i can sound smart later and <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and uh you just hang out and chat and like if you know a lot of people you would just like cycle between all these different room parties for various motivated reasons uh and th then go down to the dealer's den and just like there's actually like a, like it's funny because a normal con like when I went to PAX for my first convention, it was like, here's the 500 panels that are competing with each other. Which one are you going to go to? Like, oh, fuck, we got to get to the, the Bioware yeah. lead writer. We got to talk. To we got to hear him talk about it, like what he does and stuff. But what all it conflicts with? What, what about Mikey's panel? We got to get to Mikey's panel. And it's like so it's like a big desperate thing to run between. And then in between, you can go to the show floor, I guess. Uh, yep. But the furry convention really is like. STD testing opens up at the beginning along with, with registration. And then the second, then like when they're on the first full day, the artist alley and dealers den open up. And then he kind of like, like there's panels, I guess, and no one really talks about them, but you can go to them, I guess. And then there's the dance uh, competition, which is awesome. But I literally just didn't do go to anything besides shopping around or hanging out the entire convention. Like we, we hung out with Enro and, and his friends almost the entire time. <laughs> But like the yep. the whole thing was just like having a, a string of uh, of social engagements or getting DM'd like oh hey we should go meet up in the lobby and so on and like having your one chance to meet up with somebody and then kind of cycling through those that keeps you that can keep you like just ha having this weird free floating like we like four day party essentially can keep people very busy despite there not being any concrete like stuff happening at the con itself. Yeah. Well, like furry conventions are very socially oriented in a way that other conventions aren't like people don't realize this about them. 
So like the way that I, th- I feel like there's like a spectrum of conventions, right? There are expos, which are things like packs where there is a show floor and there are industry people there who are on a schedule to promote something. And then there are like fan conventions that are there to just spend time with other fans and like every different kind of convention you can go to falls somewhere on that spectrum. Right. And one is not better than the other, but like PAX is very far towards the expo where you are like paying to go to an event to see to get a glimpse into an industry that you might not have visibility into. You're paying for the panels. You're paying for the expo hall. Uh, you don't really go to PAX to hang out with your friends. You're Granted, some people get queer do that. baited by a billboard that says hyenas and then it's not anywhere on the show floor. <laughs> Yes, I did find out what game that was, by the way. Yeah, it's eventually. some bullshit. I think it's like either a looter shooter or a PvP game that features no hyenas. So it's basically the most yep. evil thing ever made. <laughs> Someone is very angry about this. The entire um, branding is a picture of a hyena and the game features no hyenas. How could you do this to me, games industry? <laughs> this is worse than but, battle passes. <laughs> I would say in terms of other conventions, too, then you have like you have things like tattoo cons, which are mostly just the big expo hall and then like meeting up with artists and getting tattoos. Then you have things like anime cons, which are sort of a mix of both. There's like a lot of fandom and cosplay aspects that have kind of run through the industry from the start um, that of like people organizing them trying to get together just to meet other fans and like bootleg things but there's also a pretty heavy industry uh, presence as well where you get like voice actors and animators and stuff to show up to them. I think anime cons are like the good middle ground, but then all the way on the other side, furry conventions are literally just like, uh, yeah, panels are like mostly an afterthought. The dealers down in the artist alley are a draw, but really people are just here to party. (laughs) That's, that's really what it feels like. So, you know, furry conventions, I think if you, if you are cool with just showing up and partying and hanging out with people and when i say partying i don't necessarily mean like drinking and dancing and stuff but there is a lot of that um you can you can find something to do but if you are going to a convention to like pay for the convention space maybe furry cons are not for you if you're going Uh, to a furry convention you should know somebody else that's there yes absolutely because otherwise you'll be like some of the people we saw that like are just kind of walking in circles shrugging for hours yep. because they don't know anyone and they're afraid to meet anybody and they but that then they've trapped themselves in a social interaction and now they're just kind of walking in circles in a fursuit and dying in the heat like i think yep i think the night in the woods greg cosplayer we saw i think cause we, <laughs> i think he was just like alone <laughs> and it was just like a yeah. bum- bummer yeah so, I mean, but this gets into, I guess this is a good segue into LVFC and like what makes a difference. So just f- quick timeline here. We went to MFF, then we went to, or we went to PAX and we went to MFF. And then after MFF in uh, Jan- like late January, early February, I can't remember exactly when it was. I went to FC, which is the furry convention in San Francisco, further confusion. Um, a lot of people's favorite. A lot of people's favorite con it was not my favorite con. I had a very good time and I hung out with people and it was cool. But um, it also I do not think was a particularly well run or well organized convention um, because it was really big. 
But like, for example, they had panels on offer, but every panel I went to had technical difficulties. And sometimes the panel like hosts didn't even show up, which was really weird. (laughs) Uh, And the con felt really sparse because it was raining outside. So people were literally just hanging out in their hotel rooms partying rather than hanging out in the con spaces, which I get. That's a thing at every single con. But uh, this is not me shitting on FC. FC was a fun con. It just it was a little bit overhyped for what it was. So when looking for other cons to go to Las Vegas for a con obviously is, is just a few hours drive for me and it's about a day's drive for Keith. So we were like, all right, let's go. Um, and we went to Las Vegas and this is the first year that Las Vegas for a con was happening. It was held at Alexis park, which is a small on strip resort. It is not the nicest hotel or the nicest grounds and it's not very big, but it is, modest and on the strip and they would have us which yeah. i think is the theme of las vegas furcon is that uh it was a convention where the hotel was Tolerated not sure <laughs> yes <laughs> they were not sure about having a bunch of furries uh on the grounds uh they were very very cautious about what days the buyout lasted they said like don't hang out in the in the hotel space the common spaces in your fursuits unless it's the weekend because you don't have a full buyout on thursday or monday you know things like that um and so that was kind of yeah and they were like don't scare the normal people exactly and like don't scare the people on the strip because we are a hotel near casinos and we want people to gamble and buy stuff from us (laughs) good news is the con ended up making way more money than projected for the hotel so the hotel is probably going to be far more tolerant of us (laughs) next year yeah um but because of this alexis park is a very small space the convention hall it was very strange was like yeah like the convention hall itself is one building on the property and that one building has like five rooms it was like it was literally like three or four panel rooms a concert hall that was always empty, a dealer's den, and an artist alley. But the dealer's den and artist alley were like hardly the size of like a lunchroom in a school. Like it was, they were not big. They were very, very small. Uh, and then there was an arcade that was mostly empty, but had machines all, all, along the walls. And Mainly we had a lot of fun it was, in the it was almost the invisible. Was it was like a secret. That arcade was, was you have yeah. to take such a convoluted path to get to that arcade that it looked like you went through like a service hall at one point you weren't supposed to be in. Yeah, you had to go behind all of the other rooms through a service hallway that like opened to outdoors. It was basically like the hallway that the outside of the hotel opened up to so that like a uh, like a food distributor could like bring their truck in and like bring the supplies to the ca- uh, the kitchen or the cafeteria at the hotel. Um, but you go to the end of this long hallway and there was like con ops and the arcade and the arcade was great. They had my, my, they had UB, they had a guilty gear cabinet. They had a plus R cabinet, which was really cool. Persona five, uh, persona four arena as well. DDR uh, and some DDR drums. stuff. Uh, initial D as well, which was kind of fun. But I mean, th- that was a good time. Don't get me wrong. But what I am trying to get at here is that the convention space was really small oh, and yeah. It's As been a result, actively like it's been a trip going to three conventions over the course of about six months and like checking populations. Uh, MFF was about MFF was the biggest free convention in history, but it was about one tenth the size of PAX West. And yep. 
then this convention, Las Vegas Furcon, was about a tenth the size of MFF. <laughs> so yes. Rapidly dwindling populations. But in particular, this place was so different because MFF was like, like PAX was like almost hilariously like this is extremely a space made for this exact kind of event all the time. And MFF yep. was a little bit like we these are the people that put up with us and here's a really awkward floor space for this massive event. And then uh, a dealer's den that very much feels designed for that purpose. Uh, that yep. was the only space that feels correct in MFF for what it's doing. Everything else is like chaos. Yeah. This place, well, the convention center at MFF feels like a convention center, yeah. <laughs> whereas the hotels feel like hotels. It's just, it's just the fact that people are always in the Hyatt and so on, which feels like a horrible yeah. location for what it's being used for. Uh, but the uh, like going between these places, like the giant convention center place and then the convention hotel hybrid place, going to this place in Vegas now, this like place that self-describes as a resort location was a very different experience because it was like being in one of those like those like even though it's in Vegas it felt like being in one of those like oceanside California hotels that's like all open yep. air so like it was the type of hotel space where you leave your hotel room and you are in you are now looking at an like a a no ceiling open air like uh sort of like enclosed but still open to the air like hallway on a second floor with a yep. railing and shit that you see across the other the other line of rooms across the way so you're already kind of outside instantly and you walk out of your building and you're at a pool and these yep. like these like paved rocky pathways that weave back and forth between green little hills and so on like that kind of landscape which is super different compared to Las Vegas to compared to MFF or or PAX or anything that I would think of as a convention so it very yep. much was like here is this outdoorsy hotel location that was just bought out entirely by furries and so it was just full of furries hanging out in pools and and partying on the, on the rooftop and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. But it was like it was an incredibly different atmosphere. But like it definitely it, had like a we took over an apartment complex feeling. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, you're like you're walking in this place and there's like there's like little terraces and stuff in between the buildings. And I mean, it's literally just hotel rooms, but they're also like that motel style of like facing the road or like facing the inside the courtyard. So really, 95% of Las Vegas Furcon was just hanging out in the courtyard and at the pool with other furries because there just wasn't enough at the con to sustain people's attention. We really it literally just became a furry pool party at a certain yeah. point. Like, and like we talk about it, like having ten, a 10% of the population of MFF, like only having like 1500 people or something, but like it felt even sparser than that because very quickly, Oh yeah. Everyone like it was like people were clearly partying in their rooms and stuff like that, or going out into Vegas and so on. Cause like, if you went out to a restaurant anywhere, you saw fursuits and, or you might even recognize people in person if you, if you knew who they were, because they were all distributing into the city and people are definitely partying in their rooms. It, it, one of the most funny, awkward things was this experience where like <laughs> they had, they had a rooftop party like DJ and a competing indoor DJ. And so at one point we were on the roof and we were at our table and drinking and some of us were dancing and you look over at the DJ and it, it there was like, like it got to a point where there's like 10 people dancing over there and uh yep. zek and stephanie 
for, 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 I guess I haven't set this up, but Stephanie was at this party. Uh, Stephanie was at this furcon with us. Uh, <laughs> they had just used the restroom downstairs. I'm like, oh, yeah, there's way more people downstairs. And so we all like get up and go downstairs to look at the dance, dance floor downstairs. It's completely empty. There's one guy. There is the literal lone digger dancing at the DJ and (laughs) nobody else in the entire. So it's like this very large dance, like very large open area with a DJ and a dancer by them. Then all the way at the back of the room, there's kind of a few people just kind of standing around and like the sound people. And it's like an an incredibly vacant room. But then we walk out of that space past the pools into like and, and through like the overall uh hotel areas which is like 15 separate buildings of rooms because it's all like spread out in the open air and shit and as we are approaching the back of the hotel complex music starts getting louder instead of quieter because there's this one room there's this one building that's entirely parties and in particular we walked into this one room that was just that, that was the primary source of the sound was just this this dj that had a better overall like music and sound setup than than the official ones, and the room was completely yeah. full of people <laughs> in a way that that clearly eclipsed both of the existing dance events that were actually being held by the convention. It that was, was the was best dance at the con. <laughs> that was it was great to just walk in there and me Zach brew and stephanie were just like dancing and then we turn around and keith is just gone yeah i was there for about 30 seconds and was like wow (laughs) i hate college room party vibes and i just walked all the way back to my hotel room and laid down (laughs) it had been a long it had been a long day we'd went to like yeah that was at like like six different things yeah I just disappeared. It was very. That was a very fun party. <laughs> it was that I told I I I leaned into Stephanie. Was like I'm gonna go outside because I I just I immediately hated being in that room. I was I did not like the anything about the sensory experience. So I walked down. I walked outside. Walked downstairs. I walked up and down the ground floor. I walked. I walked up and down the top floor and then walked up and down the ground floor, just looking at all the rooms, just to see, just kind of people watching and see what rooms were open to do a thing. Like there was like. There was clearly like stuff where it's like here's a whole like red lit room and somebody in a certain getup at the door and what's going on in there and definitely like smoking rooms and like there's a few where yeah. I would I would see that just an open door and there was just like a uh, a folding card table that was just vacant in the middle of an empty room with stark li- with stark lighting and it was like strangely <laughs> threatening. Uh, <laughs> and I just I went but at some point I'm just like there's literally nowhere to sit down anywhere around here and my hips hurt and i just i'm just uh, unhappy <laughs> so i just so I just, <laughs> so I just walked back to the hotel room and laid down in bed and i was uh, my in my head i was just thinking i was gonna wait and, and just see what when you guys moved on to something else or something but then i think everyone kind of just called it for the day eventually because it was late yeah yeah i think at that point uh, I momentarily got really nervous because I put my hands in my pockets and didn't feel my wallet. And I was like, oh shit, I dropped it when I was dancing. So I did a quick loop around before I realized, no, I just left it in my hotel room. Yeah. <laughs> and then I went to bed. Uh, but I think everyone else pretty much called it at that point. Zach was really tired. Uh, and Stephanie, Stephanie said something. She was like, I'm thirsty. I need to go find water. And then she just like left um everyone split and then, up yeah i felt bad because I, I lost i lost communication and stephanie so stephanie like was bothered that i that she didn't know where i was at the, at, at the hotel room 
but it's because oh, I yeah. like I was like, oh, everyone's together, right? And I texted the group chat, but Stephanie <laughs> just continually does not get Discord on her phone despite it being an obstacle all the time. I don't know why. Uh, and I'm like, oh, they're all together, so like, I'll, I'll just I'll tell Griff this, and he'll. I'm telling Griff and Brew and Zach this, so it'll reach Stephanie too. And it, but it didn't because you guys had already like splintered in that time. Or oh something. yeah, well, we had all split up. I actually, yeah. I think Brew and Zach got drinks. I think they stayed out for like another 30, 40 minutes or something. But I went straight to bed, and that was great. Um, <laughs> but I woke up that morning. I guess this is also bearing the lead that I was pretty drunk at that point. So when oh, I woke yeah. up the next morning, it dancing. was. I was Fortnite dancing on purpose. Um, in fursuit. In fursuit. It was fun. As, wait, um, as opposed to Fortnite dancing on accident, like, oops, I tripped and I Fortnite danced everywhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, and I just want to put it out there to all the viewers that despite Keith's shift to becoming a Fortnite content creator no. as of yesterday, um, I have never played a game of Fortnite in my life, and uh, I don't think it You're was You're a Fortnite poser. Yeah, so I'm a Fortnite poser. Um no, but I was I was having a good time and I woke up and I wasn't hung over. I was just really fucking tired. And so I stayed in bed until noon on the second day. I was like, whatever. I God don't damn. care. I'm having a good time. <laughs> the um uh and yeah. That was that was the that was the uh, that was the second day, the first day of the con, but the second day. But uh yeah. the opening was wild because uh we were uh, I had not I had not planned anything for this convention, up to including not planning anything with Zach or even being that conscious of the fact that he was going to be there. I think I I think I heard about it like weeks ago once and didn't think that much beyond that. Like you're like oh another person that I might spot there or something. I didn't realize that you guys have been like yeah. planning with him or something like continually or something. Yeah but, yeah like, well. A lot of people were there were actually a lot more people planning on coming that bailed at the last minute, uh, and I wouldn't say I was really planning with them but brew was a lot more looped into that stuff than i was so he knew everyone who was planning on coming i mean i think there was there was a point when there were like five or six other people that were thinking Damn. about showing up that didn't um so like we were I mean, at a we were we were arriving in town with no particular plan about to do like the night before like with, before even getting like badges or anything and uh, yeah, I get like group chat messages about like we're supposed to go like there's some bar having a furry night or something. And so yep. it was like a place in Area 15, which is the same building that has Omega Mart and other stuff, but I, which I didn't know until we this. arrived there. You forgot about the bar. The uh, Yeah, I completely blanked out on this part. Yeah, it was like a barcade, which itself was the single biggest furry party I saw the entire convention was this off-site location place before the actual convention even started. But that place was so completely full on both floors with with definitely gay people and pro and definitely a lot of furries although it's, it's hard to tell which people were just if people were regulars or people there specifically for the convention but amusingly like they they they, they it was it was such a it, it set the tone for the entire weekend because the space was trying so hard to be a furry space and it was overall succeeding for the people but also the staff were not ready for what they were putting up with yeah <laughs> so like we enter this place where there's fur there's a bunch of people in pup masks and masculo cod pieces and actual fursuits <laughs> and 
all of the flat screens on all of the walls are in an alternating pattern of playing. They're always playing two different, uh, like, relatively high production value first suitor, like, music videos from some YouTube channel that you can probably find pretty easily, but I don't know by name. Uh, yeah. And it was just looping. Just and there, Google and there was a, fursuit music video. Yeah, and they were like, it. And the, like it, it was literally on a loop. And like those videos were looping between just like slow motion fursuiters posing in public versus like like light kink stuff and so on. And that was just kind of entertainingly looping the entire thing while people are milling between arcade games and dancing by this one DJ. And there's the uh what mortified Zach is that uh they had a custom uh, for they had a separate furry menu on the drink menu. I forgot about the furry drinks. Yeah, they had regular. They had the regular drink menu. Then under that, they had a clearly like an event like furry drink menu that had like Vormy Daddy and and Stinky Swirl and stuff like that. Like all these yeah. like, okay. like just just horny drinks that themselves the... had like they had icons. They had art, which yep. I probably didn't have the rights for or whatever. But fucking. Zach walks up to the bartender and says, and just asks for a Vormi daddy, and then just gets a blank stare for several seconds, and then the and then the guy looks up at the menu and just sighs. <laughs> Very funny. Okay, I want to illustrate something here about this though that I think demonstrates like the level of like the level of effort versus the level of competency that was on on display here. So the arcade did a very good job of like catering to the furries and again, tolerating the furries, but (laughs) it was clear that they like, they did their research to try, but not to understand. So the, the drink that Stephanie and I fixated on was the stinky swirl, (laughs) which was (laughs) basically like lemon. I don't remember the exact drink, but it was a lemon and strawberry drink. Okay. So it's a stinky swirl. When I think when I hear the term stinky swirl, I think of like a poop emoji. So I imagined, you know, they're trying to be kinky and into furry stuff. And I guess that that's what people are into. That's fine. But then you get a lemon and strawberry drink. So, OK, it's supposed to be pee, maybe. But why is there blood in the pee? <laughs> and that is that's the level of like just sensory overload this bar was going through so you walk up to this dude at the bar and you're like hi i'll have a stinky swirl please in your full fursuit and he's probably thinking like oh this raunchy motherfucker this weirdo furry asshole is up here asking me for some weird ass drink but then you get a drink that does not match the description of what it was supposed to be there's so many interpretations too because stinky is like this weird term of of endearment at this point yep for other reasons that aren't kink related basically although there's musk stuff but that's not even necessarily what they mean usually but yeah stinky swirl with a yellow drink implies water sports yeah exactly going for here so you just have this awkward interaction this like kink loaded interaction with this poor like masculine probably single dad bartender who's just like hey man are you gonna tip or are we gonna sit here and just wait this awkward moment out like so it was just a weird experience it was fun though i mean in the the barcade the actual arcade part upstairs was pretty sick and the things were real, a real mixed machine. too like they had the stinky swirl the soft the soft samoyed which is because i guess it's that is a, that is a dog at least 
There's one that's just called yeah. Apple Jacks and does have a picture of a character. That was the one I had. And I don't know if that's it a reference really good. to a character or I don't know why it's called Apple Jacks, but it is, does have a furry icon. I think icon. Apple Jack is a pony from My Little Pony, right? Yeah, but that's not I've the picture. I've never watched that show. The picture so. is like a yellow wolf with a mohawk, maybe. And like one's just fluffiest Mai Tai, which is just, it's just another wolf. <laughs> and then Vormy Daddy just has a fucking Vora picture as its icon. <laughs> It's, it goes back and forth so rapidly between like kink reference stuff and just like I don't know Apple Jacks. What's that mean? I can't tell what this drink even is. It was a fun time. I mean, that was a that was a cool that was a cool little spot. Um, like Zach just showed up with Harlow, his his uh his first suit that he made, and yeah, he it was, made it himself. It looked like a professionally made thing. It's like I like like it's like a, a like a very. It's like this big old, uh, I don't remember if it was like a, a maned wolf or a fox or what, but it like it was very detailed and like proportional and sturdy looking and had like these giant ears and piercings and like custom like like props for the piercings that are their, their own like thing that has to be crafted and had like a posable tongue and all this other stuff going. I think it had a magnetic tongue so he could curl it up against the side of the He had three magnetic tongues he could swap out to have different lengths. That was elaborate. That was, imp- was yeah. just a seriously impressive fursuit head to just bring out and then be like, oh, yeah, I made this. Yeah, Zek is a very good cosplayer. Like his cosplay portfolio is pretty impressive. So it uh, it once he once I realized that I was like, oh, OK, like it makes sense that he would, his first fursuit would be very high quality. Uh, but yeah, that was fun. And and it kicked off the con to a good start, I think. Yeah, it, it set the tone for. <laughs> Us sitting in circles and drinking while not be- while me not being able to hear people half the time, uh, and try hard branding mixed with staff members that are confused about what they're going through right now. <laughs> yes, <laughs> which is basically yes. every day of everything we did. <laughs> yeah, we we did. We I mean, it was I kind of I think that get, kind of gets to the the vacation resorty feeling of this particular con is that most of the time the main thing to do was day drink <laughs> like that was that was really all there was to do so uh you know at one point stephanie me and zach and, and keith were hanging out by the pool and we, we hung out with uh scoot which was fun um yeah. but zach me and stephanie were just drinking <laughs> like drinking in the pool <laughs> waiting waiting for the day to continue so we could go drink on the roof <laughs> and we were just kind of killing time and finding things to do in the meantime and uh, yeah, it's a uh, was it uh, Scott Henderson, aka Scoot from YMS. Henson. Is it Henson? I literally looked. You're the one who's forgetting whose name now. I opened his Twitter account, looked at the word Henson, and and read Henderson anyway. <laughs> I'm literally re- mis re- mis saying the word right in front of me, like I'm Tommy Tellerico. The uh, <laughs> No, he just he reached out to me in advance when he saw that I was going to the convention. And I was like, oh, yeah, we should sync up at some point and ended up meeting up at the pool and just hang out for a while. Easy guy to talk to. We just kind of chilled for a while. Uh, That's what most of it is like. That's 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 what happens at these conventions is like you kind of have a list of people potentially that you want to hook up with at some that's that that sends me something else that you want to meet up with at some point and in some cases that is a list of people they want to hook up with and you just kind of like yep. wing it you just have to you either have telegram or twitter dms or something you just have to like like 
just kind of keep in contact with people and f eventually sync up with people because everyone's just kind of bouncing around. Given that so many people are in fursuit in conventions, people just have blackout for like hours at a time where they don't respond to any messages because they're, they're like using a phone is actively difficult. So it can be rough. Like yeah. there was there was moments where we were trying to sync up with Enro's group at MFF, and sometimes there would be like a three hour moment where everyone almost kind of maybe connecting soon anytime now here we go dinner plans maybe and it would be like a four-hour process <laughs> yeah. to plan dinner sometimes with them with enough people it's a it can be it can be chaos in that way it was a it was a good I time think we did a pretty good job of plan there was <laughs> Yeah, I was just gonna say. I think I think we did a good job just kind of making do and and taking things slow and and just having a having a good time hanging out with with people. I mean, that's really what the con was too. Ultimately, and at the end, it was just like an excuse to hang out with people. Yeah. Granted, it. I think at this point, I, I'm very ready for uh, for taking Stephanie to MFF next. <laughs> I can't wait to throw her into the deep end with that one. Oh my god! But every single day was a. Uh... Every single day was like uh, me being sure we had nothing to do that day. And what are we going to do? Like, what are we going to do with today? And then having stuff to do the entire time, <laughs> like inevitably yeah. the entire day would be busy. Although for the last day on Sunday, we just fled the premises. <laughs> yeah, we, we, le we left the con and did escape rooms. <laughs> yeah. We did two escape rooms at the basement, and then we did uh, the It escape room experience thing, which is more of like a theatrical, like theme park haunted attraction, house. essentially. Yeah, it's yeah. like a haunted house with a puzzle in each room, just one puzzle. Uh, but really, like, like, like stuff that you that was at on site, believably real looking. Yep. Like there was obviously like everything was like everything was like clean and like super glued and like had this, this laminated feel if you like tried to like inspect it too closely but like it was a very elaborate series of sets that were used very inefficiently and in that like you would literally like be in a room for like only like five minutes at a time sometimes and then move on to the next one so it was wild how elaborate each one was for that purpose and uh my the, the only issues i really had is that like they're trying to push you through and they cannot fail you because it's a long linear experience so there is no time limit and they can't like necessarily like actively fail you the way normal escape rooms do so there isn't really a challenge there but what what they do to set that off is that they have a they have a human actor with you basically at all times and that actor is basically like doing the modern AAA video game thing where they just like every few minutes to kind of give you the next hint like oh what if what have you found so far uh what, what about that over there like they're like a tr they're fucking yeah. atreyu atreus or whatever from god of war prompting you to like solve the puzzle uh what if we move the what if we move this crank right here maybe yeah. the windmill will move <laughs> yeah and then i got i also just got really tired of breathing in uh smoke machine air because that, that got yeah, rough the, the fx smoke was a little rough like a little I, I feel like i rough. coughed the rest of the time yeah then we finished then when we finished that you went to do uh a Cirque du Soleil, go to a Cirque du Soleil show so me and uh and Stephanie went off and did uh Omega Mart which is this like absolutely wild uh <laughs> just this absolutely wild uh like they set up like a fake uh, grocery store where all of the products are strange parodies and the closer you look the stranger they get and then as you get deeper into the store just 
absolutely nonsensical stuff is set up until you eventually will find one of many portals that takes you into like the back rooms essentially where you stumble into what is essentially like a world from mist where it's a completely alien space but it's full of like human researchers like rooms with normal documents of them reacting to this weird ass shit so it's very much like like the uru mmorpg not not rpg but the the uru game to for mist that's like yeah. originally an mmo but then discontinued and became a really hacked up single player game uh like it was that exact vibe of like how that was full of like documents and normal human researcher like 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 evidence that they were there because it's empty but this place but that place itself had like a combination of like actors wandering around that exist in this world but then just the countless people trying to experience it it's full of like strange attractions and gimmicky like toy things but then also like videos that will just play like in universe but like noticeably like adult swim vibe videos like those that that one <laughs> That very specific it has surreal yeah, like devolver digital footage. press conference. Yeah, ARG, unedited footage of a unedited bear. Unedited footage of a bear <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Yeah, like that specific kind of strange surreal horror stuff. Or like that one YouTube video with the naked Garfield caveman or whatever the fuck. Like that kind oh, of Oh yes, lasagna cat. <laughs> yeah, it, it's all like that kind of stuff going on. It's very ARG influenced. Uh it's and, i think and, even and there in, were people like, inside sprinting of my around, like, trying to, like, did a video it. about it once they were like yeah. very excited people interacting with npcs and having like the full it, it it made me realize what that one like like jenny nicholson did a video on this one theme park that just completely has shit the bed ever since it tried to uh come into being and it, it, in its final form is just like a series of actors just kind of like trying to play out quest lines but it's kind of incomprehensible to anyone but the most hardcore people that go there all the time but like the but omega mart had like the version of that that field felt comprehensible it's like oh this place is full of like it's like you could walk around mist and meet like uh like the the characters in mist in real time and they'd be there for reasons that make sense and they can actually interact with you and play their character and lore and so on and so there's like a version of that that actually felt like it was accomplishing something. And there were some very yeah. excited people trying to get down to the bottom of this. And there's like genuinely secrets. Like we spent three hours there and we were still discovering all of the different passages between the uh, Omega Mart itself and like the back rooms areas. Uh, and there kept being more somehow uh, to the point where there was some parts where we're like, OK, I think I have a good idea of what this entire space is. And what it's shaped like and i understand and i think i have a mental map and we're probably done here and then we like crawled into a fucking fireplace and did a rope climb up a up a <laughs> yep. uh, up a cave that went that was very vertically diagonal and came out into another door upstairs like i don't know how to even <laughs> fit this here what the fuck and like one of our last it's discoveries cool was location. the t-shirt one of our last discoveries was the, the t-shirt staircase I'm like, what the? F oh yeah! God damn it! <laughs> How is this still here? I thought we were done. It's awesome. I guess the last thing to mention is that Zek and uh, Stephanie got tattoos in Vegas yeah. together. They got, they got, they got tattoos. That was part of our escape from the convention day. Is we got went to two escape rooms, got tattoos, and went to Omega Mart. Three escape rooms. 
thought they were gonna get matching yeah. for a second there i thought i was about to get like peer pressure into like a five-part matching tattoo but it was just the two of them got completely separate tattoos in parallel but they're like yeah. emotionally bonded tattoos <laughs> which is quite yes. a thing when you for someone like they met that event <laughs> like stephanie had never heard of zach until sunday <laughs> uh, th- thursday 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 yeah that <laughs> was thursday yes I'm very jealous uh, of that kind of spontaneity. I wish I could do something I, I, like that. I'm, I'm people that just do stuff are wild to me. I don't, I don't know how people just do stuff. We I have, have a pa- wild have, Andrew now. I have to panic about it for months. <laughs> I've arrived. There's an Andrew. Hello, here. Andrew. Hello. Yeah, no, I'm the same way. Oh. Like it takes me. It it took me like months to get this tattoo, and only because of like someone dying, where I was like, yeah, I guess I'm motivated to do this now. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> like it was. No. It's just like a lot of work. There are absolutely really people who showed up to this convention, that. had sex with seven people, and had a tattoo on a whim, and then, then they went home. <laughs> like that, that was you just don't put Zek on blast like that. I did, you did. <laughs> that's you. You you're the one calling him out. I, I am the one calling did, him out right there. You did it. You got a tattoo? No, no. Our friend Zek. <laughs> our friend Zek had a had a good time. I wish I wish I was that adventurous. Uh, I wanted a tattoo really bad, and I I was so close to spending an. A, a problematic amount of money on one um at that convention but i am glad that i did not because it would have been better for me to actually sit and plan something ah, see that, yeah that's loser talk i know i should have just carpe dm'd it and gotten something gotten a tramp stamp oh well everyone's but, uh, experience uh, yeah, it was those a good conventions time. on a different level than i am it kind of uh, I think that kind of covers pretty much the whole con. There really isn't too much more to talk about. I mean, other than the fact that we ate at a bunch of restaurants and they were all pretty good, and yeah. we all got really drunk, which was good. I guess technically that was the drunkest you've ever been in your life. Yeah, I had like like four mixed drinks per day, which is unusual. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my first one was like a strawberry champagne, so and it was really all like I a know. step down from there. Like they're, they were mostly getting progressively worse. Uh, Stephanie ordered me the worst drink of the weekend when she had me get like that. Like it was like a was it like a blackberry and like chocolate or something? Oh, the white chocolate uh, raspberry drink or that black was like, cherry white chocolate drink. Yeah. yeah, and like one of the one of the funnest drinks was that Omega Mart has a secret bar. That's not that secret, but it's a, it's a secret enough that when I said when I mentioned it on Twitter, people were like they have a bar there because they hadn't found it. <laughs> but uh, it's like it's funny because it's a bar where uh, behind the bartenders is just a series of windows where you just watch the people that are walking around Omega Mart, uh, and they have like <laughs> they have like gimmicky drinks like uh, like the ads for the drinks are like one of them is just like a, a bottle of of cleaning fluid. Is like the ad yep. for the drink that's playing, and and like one of them, like they have like a they blow a bunch of bubbles and like stack them when they're making it. The one that I ordered uh, was a recreation of that one type of like orange cream popsicle that you can get, the one that's like orange on the outside and cream on the inside. That's like yeah. really popular. It was a drink recreation of that, but with vodka, and that was like oh, that's very good, and it was very faithful. And Stephanie yeah. had one that had like. It wasn't an emberry, but it was some other kind of thing adjacent to an emberry that like rewrites it like it like fucks with your taste buds when you bite into it. So mm. they're like they recommend like you drink part of the drink first, then you have this thing and then you drink the rest of the drink and it's a different drink now because this thing's like fucking with you. 
that's cool and uh, that is cool that was a just a fun drink idea i had a right andrew I, have you ever done uh omega mart no i when we were in vegas uh we didn't do omega mart we ended up doing mostly the uh oh what is it it's like the there's like a weird shopping complex uh filled with containers it's made out of shipping containers oh so there's like a, that's cool yeah it's got this like giant 20 foot prey mantis in front that spits fire it's really interesting um but they uh but yeah we were close by to there and so we mostly did that and then we ate at like a haunted pizza place we ate at like a haunted oh. pizza parlor um so the like the pizza crust is made with black dough so it looks burnt um, oh cool <laughs> but it's but it's actually like regular it, it's it, like great uh theming it had like a bunch of arcade games in there a bunch of like terrifying dolls and uh statues yep. of like horror villains um mm -hmm. cool place the uh you would love omega place? mart i think i think you'd be really i into think that so place i i remember watching the videos for omega mart because omega mart i think started as like one of those like don't touch me i'm scared kind of yeah it, it, there's a series. whole online arg component to it yeah yeah and so i do remember seeing a lot of those in the beginning of it existing and so i remember seeing like oh this i like this this is the kind of stuff i'm into and then it's like oh this is a real place it's like uh, oh well maybe one day I'll... <laughs> like but uh but we didn't really have time when we were in vegas but yeah yeah like a bonus theme for the weekend was us getting forgotten by restaurants over oh, that and was over the thing that and happened. over again because like we one really? we every single place we, we ate at forgot about us multiple times yeah yeah we went to a breakfast That's... place at one point which was good but we were like we were had a we i think that was the morning of the escape room so we had like a countdown mentally of like okay we need to get this done with by this point and they just like did they just like didn't put our ticket on for an entire cycle and just served other people first for a while before getting around to us and then uh we had one time where we went to the we went to the hotel uh breakfast place because we kept hearing about the breakfast place so stephanie and i got in line and we were like hey anybody wants to meet up with us in the group chat uh and brew ended up coming up to meet up with us and we get we get a we get a seat and we get we order coffee while we're waiting for brew, and then when I actually get the menus, we realize like they despite the fact that we were standing outside for like twenty minutes waiting for a table, and we, there was a and there was a physical like menu like standee that was the breakfast menu. When we got seated, mm -hmm. they were no longer doing breakfast. So we couldn't order breakfast, oh, yeah. which was the whole reason we sat down there. So we, so we just kind of awkwardly finished our coffees, and and we didn't want to order their lunch menu because once the breakfast menu is over, it's just the shitty, it's just the, yeah. it's, it's just the, it's just the the bar food menu from the shitty bar next door that we were already at yesterday and and decided not to order at. So we just awkwardly were like, uh, yeah, no, we're just gonna have coffee. And so I, I kept waiting for him to give us the check for the coffee mm -hmm. so we can pay for the coffee and and tip him and stuff, and the like he, he just kind of grimaced at us and never came back for like the next like 10 minutes until we eventually just kind of awkwardly left because he wouldn't think <laughs> the server would just not come back to us and then uh we went to this place that served uh it was called uh pies and fries i think or they, they they served poutine yep. and pizzas and okay i'm interested all of, all of us had poutine except good. for stephanie because stephanie can't have gravy because that's a meat product so, Stephanie, gravy is. I remember. I think that's what yeah, you said. Yeah, gravy's that. made of meat. Yeah, 
What the hell is in gravy? I thought yeah. gravy was just like I don't know. I, so I we all got we all order our eat. poutine and finish it while Stephanie is still waiting for her pizza. I think we all are finished eating for like ten minutes before Stephanie finally gets her pizza at the end, and, and awkwardly we just like she just like packs into Shuffled a box out. in the car, <laughs> and we try to try to eat in the car while we're going around because it, it arrives oh. so incredibly late. So it's three separate times where we had we were forgotten by the servers or ignored by the servers in some way, and we're just like, "Are you? Are we gonna? Do we do something? What's going on? Oh, no, four, four times, four times." Because on the way yeah. there, I went to a uh, I went to a pizza place with Stephanie, and they uh, they they had a thing where they they had like these these s'mores little like cookies. <laughs> they had like it's like a like a okay. big like a big chunky fist sized s'more soft cookie setup, and the idea was that they're supposed to put it in the pizza oven, like alongside your pizza, and like, oh. the, like it says on the menu, like ask us to heat it. I ask, and it, it, we go along the assembly line. Like I, I mentioned the, I, I ask for the s'mores thing to the the first lady that's serving us and setting up our pizzas because it's like a subway style like construct your pizza thing, and I also say it again at the cashier. And then when we're served our pizzas, they never serve me the s'more thing, and I okay. and they just somehow all of them collectively ignored me on the s'mores thing. And then when I bring that up, they just kind of hand me one cold <laughs> and they don't charge me for it. And I'm just like, I just, they never did the thing. So that, so that was like, it was kind of was another like setting the tone for the weekend. It was like, here's the, a mini version of what's going to happen three more times is these like strange server interactions where I just, we just, it's hard to just follow through with ordering a thing and getting the thing. I guess that kind of segues into the last thing to talk about, which is the the very, very last place we ate before we all left. We had this. Uh-oh. So Keith, Keith and Stephanie and, and me and Brew were like, all right, we want breakfast at noon on on Monday. Like, where can we go? The con's over. And Stephanie and Keith picked some place. I can't even remember what it was called. The front porch or something, maybe? I front called yard. the yard? The maybe. yard? Okay. And we're driving around Vegas and there's a ton of construction. We can't figure out how the fuck to get in here. Yeah. We find out that it's like it is in it is a t- it is a restaurant, like a farm to table restaurant in a really rundown, smoke heavy off strip casino, like the yeah. kind of Chris- oh. casino that you see on the side of the road that you yeah. would never stop at where you're like why does anyone play here why don't they just go to vegas and play on the strip yeah um and so we, we end up going in there though and it is legit the best food we ate at the entire con it, it was, was also, it was also so, so good aside from the glaring sun in some angles as it the, as it moved it was also just the nicest like space yep which was funny was like because like we had to like craft brew pub kind of like yeah, it was, it was awesome. like a, it was like a very like modern new looking kind of building that they often try to make for restaurants nowadays and it's very open air and tall and had floors and everything and it was like it was funny specifically because yeah we 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 just looked up anything nearby and we just, and it was always a struggle to like agree on a thing so I just kind of just we just kind of just made a call and like oh this place is only like like around the corner fuck it but. It was so hard to find because all of the obvious turns were blocked by construction. And then so both of us had to loop around the entire block separately yep. when we were trying to discover this place, <laughs> only to then like kind of give up. I, I just kind of gave up and pulled into the parking lot of the casino before it, which turned out to be the right call. And you had to like loop around behind the casino, park in this parking lot that's past a bunch of like weird reserved and, and like staff parking spots, then walk 
up through an unrelated looking archway into this like yeah like this dark old looking casino to then walk through <laughs> that to a weird side door that then opens up to this massive glorious open air brightly lit beautiful clean like brunch hanger <laughs> that just does not aesthetically or in any other way like look like it has anything to do with the business that it's clearly attached to and you have to go through to get there it's just so confusing yeah. of a location yeah i i did something that's funny too because i imagine it's like that is oh, again that's also a precursor to omega mart right um it's like nightmare like you go through something that seems inconspicuous and turns out to be like oh, <laughs> wh where am i this is nice yeah um the, the yeah, liminal I, casino I did something similar like that in Prague where we uh, we were walking past this like really ornate church and behind it, there's like this tiny dinky little alleyway like it fits like one person to walk through. And uh, and it was like, yeah, we're going to go down here and eat. And I was like, there's nothing down here. This is like where peasants would die in the middle of nowhere. Like, what are you talking about? And we'd go through there and there's like this tiny little door, like the small at the end of this alley, tiny door. You go through it. And it goes out into this huge, like, not huge, but like a very large greenhouse. And that's where you eat. You have tea, I guess, essentially. But it's like a little bistro inside of a greenhouse uh, in an alleyway behind this, like, magnificent church. It's like this, the, so many steps to find this little place. But it's so, like, nice once you get there. You're like, oh, wow, this is beautiful. Like, there's green everywhere. It's The sun comes in. Like, wow, this is nice compared to, like, every other business in it's like immediate vicinity somehow what is this how did you get here what did you like it's weird uh but it's funny to hear that it's like <laughs> you have a good so time like in, Prague. in the middle of nowhere uh yeah it was uh it's weird going to old cities I, or like ancient i guess i can i can call it ancient right when was it made like probably 1600s i don't know when Prague was born would you say uh, that Prague earlier rocked? than that uh, actually, there's, I guess, yeah, yeah, you're right. There is a lot of rock buildings. Uh, that is true. A lot of stone <laughs> God buildings. God damn it. Yeah. Prague um, was founded in the 8th century. Just wanted to that's put not that a real okay. number. Just oh, okay. correct for all the angry Europeans in chat right now. Oh, all right. So then really, old. look, I my country was born in the 1700s. Everyone else is around that age as far as I'm concerned. Um, <laughs> so so Prague, ancient city, I guess, uh, has, I w okay, I'm going to piss off Europeans again. It has not very... <laughs> I, I, I like Prague, but one thing I don't like about Prague is I don't like how some of the architecture is new and some of it is like archaically Dark Souls. And I don't like that it mixes with one another because it looks... Look, Prague looks like Disneyland to me. And that's like the probably the most insulting insulting thing <laughs> you can say to life, a European. This real life but, location looks like this video game location based on the real life location. <laughs> but that's the thing. I don't think Disneyland's based on this. It's just because of Disneyland's entire theming, right? It's got comical like uh castles and stuff in the background but then you walk down like american main street to get there like it's got these weird elements to it that you can see and like oh cool there's space land next to fantasy land uh all right <laughs> like you can see these elements blend just enough that you your brain goes like this is weird it's like we it's like we're clearly in a fake place and like Prague has that problem where it's like there's this monolithic beautiful giant cathedral and then there's like this silly little apartment building in front i'm like what the fuck 
what is what is this who like what is this walt disney's home in front of the giant castle that he built behind him what is this weird building here it shouldn't be here and like there's all these like old really old beautiful buildings mixed with these like ah, relatively new art like fancy buildings like there's a building that's supposed to look like a lady dancing but it's next to this ancient building that has a guy's face painted on it because he owned the building. Like, what? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> these two just don't blend very well together. Um, but it's really cool to see. Uh, I really liked the giant bridges. There's like these giant long bridges that span across because I guess otherwise, how would you breach the other side of Prague? Um, and so it was really nice. Like you walk across these bridges and it's like a, it's mostly just a people-only bridge for one of them. Uh, I guess you could fit a car in there if you're like rude, but the um, but it's got like all these statues on it, and all these statues are like again ancient, eighth century, sure, probably, and uh, but they're slowly like <laughs> they're, they're, I, I don't know when anything. I was, guess like, it's people keep telling me that. <laughs> Whatever people keep telling. I don't know. I can't prove it, but I could the, choose uh, to believe them. But, but what's the point of that? <laughs> It's boring that way. I I prefer to say I'm a it's prog skeptic. <laughs> <laughs> but they they have these like uh, these fancy statues that are all of course religious based because this entire country is just religion, um, and they uh but they're like slowly replacing them because they're like they're obviously time is wearing these beautiful statues down and so they're like well we need to save these things so they're putting like replicas in their place and so there's like this part of the bridge where you can go to and it's like oh beautiful beautiful hmm that seems different somehow and it's like the material is different and it's it's good enough like it looks pretty good for a sculpture but you could tell it's clearly not accurate you could tell it like something's off about it compared to the one next to it which is like oh my god this is like art and you look and you're like okay that's good it's not like whoever made this good but it's good enough um and so i don't know where the new one or like where they're putting them they didn't have like a museum or anything that was like come see the 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 statues from the bridge we stole um they didn't like have a museum for that so i don't know where they're putting them i guess in storage just putting them in a shed and putting a blanket over it and like ah just just save them or something um but there's a lot of that i i appreciated that there's like so many of these elements like statues and ornate parts of buildings that just get remained like next to um we're uh, we're walking past a place and they just they're, they gutted out the outside of, or the inside of an entire structure, but kept the wall. So like you would walk past this, you walk past this building and it's got like the whole ornate, beautiful outside. And then the inside's just hollow. They just completely hollowed it out so they could remake it into living quarters. Like that's crazy that the, the amount of effort to go into to reserve that kind of history is just impressive to me. Cause you don't see that here. Yeah. I mean, well, we don't really have that much history in the U.S. like that, but we certainly don't preserve it that way either. We usually are just like, this isn't modern aesthetics, and we just bulldoze it down and like build a modern building in front of it. Um, well, the other, the other thing is we have, two, we have two extremes in the U.S. where it's like either it's gone or it's preserved the exact same way it was originally, and we make no changes to it, and things have to build around yeah. it. And that's it. Yeah, There's yeah, yeah. no in-between. And so that's why it's like I'm not trying to be insulting when I say it looks like Disneyland, but... 
it does look like that because they retain a lot of <laughs> they keep so much of the old history there and then they have to but obviously they have to build stuff to keep it going right like Prague is so just you, you go into this building that looks like it was built in the 1700s and on the inside it's like a really fancy bathroom with a with a hair, yeah. hair dryer hand dryers and stuff yeah 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 it's yeah it's just like that and you're like this is so weird it's like it's it's great i love looking at the old buildings like i love old architecture but it's just so funny to walk into a building and then just suddenly just, just be like oh this is just fancy all new floors and oh wow <laughs> you have like automatic lighting it looks and... like a cathedral and it's a 7-eleven on the inside <laughs> yeah basically and so it's just really funny to <laughs> see oh, these kind of not what i was expecting <laughs> there, okay no joke there's like so you go down to like the I don't know what you would call it. So uh, outside of where the castle, the main castle is, there's obviously like the little village, right? For the castle that all the people would live in because they're scared of living too far away from the wall. And Yeah, the undead uh, burg. I got it. The yeah, yeah, the un- yeah, okay, <laughs> exactly. So Prague's undead burg is filled with a lot of shops and uh, and consulate buildings. And so um, and so one so one thing is don't stand in front of the u.s consulate and take pictures they really get suspicious of that oh yeah that's Um, a travel thing for all the sheltered furries (laughs) listening to this is like don't take pictures in front of government buildings it will get you in trouble don't do that it's bad to do they don't they don't like that um i was okay because i it was very cold very dark and i'm very fast at walking so they didn't have time to catch me but uh i was very i was very amused by like this uh g- beautiful government building with an ugly american flag in front of it and it's just like it's like this beautiful ornate old building and then you just got like this shitty american flag and then a little poster on the outside it's like uh sorry we're not open today okay thanks i guess <laughs> all right very american of you i appreciate it um but all down this road there's like this a uh, bunch of these like uh little roads and stuff and on the sides are just you know these beautiful uh old buildings uh attached they're just like you know one big long attached um shopping mall essentially but it's just for walking to and uh but in every like third freaking one was a weed shop but not a real weed <laughs> shop because they can't sell weed there so they sell like weed but not real weed it was very <laughs> it's very weird like I, I just kept walking i was like oh cool they have this weird like little shawarma looking place oh there's like you know like uh, the typical tourist trap like here's some magnets and some uh, plushies or whatever and there's like and you can buy weed i was like what what Okay, and so I went in there, and it's like, yeah, you could get like a thumb amount for like twenty dollars. It's like, I, um, all right, well, that's an interesting. Can I like how how would you even, what would you do with this? Because I can see like, but it, I don't know. It was very funny. Um, and so they're, they're so consistent though. And so there's like you see these beautiful ornate old buildings, and then inside of it's just this weed shop, and you walk in, and it is a super modern looking store right it's got like the glass shelves it's got like nice lighting the everything's like very modern aesthetic but um (laughs) but it's just it's so it's funny to see like in this little castle town there's so many of these modern 7-eleven convenience store style stuff inside of these (laughs) ancient buildings that clearly have been hollowed out gutted out do you want to buy a bong in this hollowed out cathedral <laughs> yeah right like this is somebody's like like in 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 retrospect we went to a little village that literally like is on like next to the castle like literally next to the castle little village the hallway's not even big enough for like two people to walk past and these little houses are there like these are the houses for the people that worked in the castle 
and one of them was where uh where kafka lived um he he stayed there for a while i think he wrote the the metamorphosis in there which would make sense because what a terrifying place to live like but also (laughs) it doesn't have so it has it basically is like a two-bedroom uh home where you don't have a kitchen your kitchen's like built into the one bedroom and then you have a separate secondary bedroom which i think is just for like i don't know storage i guess i guess you put stuff to store in there but there's no bathroom there's one bathroom for the entire town (laughs) and you have to go like out of your way to get to it yeah yeah there's one town bathroom um It was Man, very the Europeans weird. are they have a real different take on bathroom culture than us Americans, it's, I guess. Yeah, it's they like definitely to not like Disneyland. Disneyland has a lot more bathrooms. Um so but the <laughs> least realistic they, part they also, of Disneyland, too many hey, bathrooms. No, this makes this makes sense though. If Dark Souls was based on this, I didn't see any bathrooms in Lordran. So I guess this, yeah. this all adds up. <laughs> and so uh and so it all culminates into there was a uh um What's it called? There was a in the in the castle, or I get like the cast the castle isn't really a castle, uh, so to speak. It is. It's not like what you would consider. It's not like a Disney castle, right? Like the silly little arches <laughs> um, and the, the top part. Um, it doesn't look like that. It's very the more. The castle's uh, not it like looks, a castle, really, because it's, it's not like a Disney castle, which is what castles well, are. Well, those the, castles are based on European castles. based on castles is the okay, example fine. of what a real castle is. And this real castle wasn't a real castle because it wasn't like the fake castle. <laughs> Prague's castle. Prague's castle doesn't look like a very good castle. All right. When you imid- imagine a castle, when you say castle, you have an image that comes into your head. It looks like the typical standard like medieval castles um this does not look like that this is a lot more tame and mellow looking the only thing that looks like that is the cathedral because again this entire country is just cathedral it's like it's like turkey but for europeans turkey has like the most mosques per capita and this place has the most cathedrals per capita it's insane it's crazy what what is what it's like turkey for europeans is probably the most insane thing you could possibly say because turkey is partially in europe my friend well yeah it's partially there but it's not full okay sorry it's this is the uh Prague is the is the catholic version of turkey's muslim version which is like they have a bunch of they have a bunch of mosques per capita (laughs) Prague has like a bunch of cathedrals per capita like a too many like someone needs to stop doing this and (laughs) even inside of the castle is like this beautiful giant freaking cathedral and it's the most like it's just it's it's too much money it's too much money was spent on this thing i can see that they didn't invest a lot of money into the castle and spent too much on the cathedral and that upset me a lot because i wanted more castle and that's the way it's gotta uh, be man back in the day back in the dark ages you gotta you gotta spend money on God, not yourself. That's how you get into heaven, where everything is good. I just okay, love, I need to tell you. I just love <laughs> no, Andrew's ability to chase the furry discussion with something comparatively unhinged. <laughs> so the most nor- <laughs> we were the talking most about normal, the stinky swirls. <laughs> the, the, most, tur- yeah. the European version of turkey. <laughs> Suddenly, the Vormy Daddy mixed drink was the most normal thing we discussed this week. <laughs>
I, this is why this is why I usually I don't get to leave the country very often. It's because I, I am a nuisance. <laughs> because of all the government <laughs> yeah. watch lists. Yeah, yes, the real exactly. reason why you're not allowed to take pictures in front of the government offices is because they will realize you're in the other country and they'll scoop you up and send you back to the U.S. to <laughs> exactly. prevent further damage. Yeah. That's why. I, that's why I went there when they were closed because they knew they couldn't come out and get me. <laughs> the Andrew must the, uh, be contained. We can't stop it entirely, but we can diminish its effects. 